You are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin. This is Adam Morris. This is Locked On NBA Friday Edition. Adam, I have to imagine you have to be feeling a little bit better than than Carl Anthony Towns did down the stretch of that game. I felt like that was such a predictable way for that game to go that so I, I think even he knew what was about to happen. <laughs> At one point, he just pushed Shabazz Napier. Napier. He's like, guys, I'm still here. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> tough, uh, <laughs> tough, tough one for Minnesota, and maybe the beginning of a couple of tough ones for Minnesota. It's it's probably not gonna it's not, probably not looking good. So the way this is gonna work, we're gonna we have two points that we're gonna make about the game. Then we're gonna bring some levity with uh, what we found to be the funniest moment from last night, and then on the back end of that, we are gonna go into some injury stuff. The entire NBA has been impacted by injuries, so we're gonna rank. We're going to rank what has the biggest impact on that. That's going to be in sections B and C, segments B and C. Let's go ahead. I'm going to make the first point here. You ready for you ready for a groundbreaker? I'm ready for it. I mean, I'm known for my hot takes, but this might You do have some hot and wild takes, <laughs> some spicy ones. All right, here's my first here's my first point. Carl Anthony Towns is good at basketball. Well, does that mean I have to disagree? Is that how the show works? <laughs> Wrong. He, Carl Anthony Towns is not good, and here's why. No, um, I hate to agree with you about anything in life, but this is one I'm going to have to agree with you on. V- confirmed. He's very, very good. Yep. Well, the, the way I would put this is, so Jimmy goes to Minnesota, and the story immediately becomes about Jimmy Butler and you know his relationship with Tom Thibodeau and how everybody else is going to fit around Jimmy Butler. But to me... <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns has a higher ceiling than even Jimmy Butler. And I'm watching this, and, and, and for the vast majority of the game last night against the Trailblazers, Carl Anthony Towns was dominating. Like, right. Blazers, Blazers people who were tweeting about the game were saying, like, thanks, Minnie. I really appreciate you guys <laughs> going away from this guy. And, and I think, and it's crazy because of the amount of talent that there is around the NBA that you could just somehow kind of sort of forget that somebody like Carl Anthony Towns might exist. But but he's here and he's legit and and I hope that over the course of the next couple of weeks while Jimmy Butler is gone that we remember that. But but yeah, that's my number one point. Carl Anthony Towns, good at basketball. He is good. And he has so many parts of his game. I would say that it was less you know, about oh Butler came here and then and and Towns takes a back seat. Butler I think was the alpha and the closer and all of these things, but it's not like Towns isn't putting up numbers and having himself a good year. He's he's having himself a great year and now in the absence of Butler he's forced to expand his game. But his in the post he's just so good. Drawing fouls, got a, a wide array of moves. He did something tonight like two times that is so hard to do. Right handed shooters you know, they're more comfortable using their left foot as a pivot and pivoting forward into a jump shot. Well, he several times had his right foot as a pivot and 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 kind of inside reverse pivot pivoted to square up and then goes up. And that's a tough, tough skill to master. I know a lot of NBA players can do it, but at seven feet tall to be able to do it so quick uh, just makes him so lethal. And it kind of leads into my first point, which is, you know, I've thought this all year and I thought this especially tonight. The Timberwolves offense 
it's such a tib style and it's so deliberate and they're so like you know you run like a bunch of screens and stuff early on just to get the ball into the post and then that's it the game the, the possession dies i really wish minnesota ran a lot more pick and roll dribble handoffs through cat with the sole purpose of getting him in the post this is the modern way to get post entry rather than running you know flex cuts across the paint to get a guy coming over and then holding the guy off while you went throw the ball inside run the pick and roll Force the defense to react, all five guys, maybe force them to switch, and now you're in position for Cat to roll to the rim, roll to the block, and now he's got post position. They almost never do it, and it really frustrates me. Well, that's also a perfect segue to my second point about this, which is where'd he go? Man, it was – so he <laughs> he shot – he shot. He was shooting free throws. He made a free throw with six minutes and 30 seconds left to go in the game. Yeah. The Wolves were leading at that point 86 to 84. He didn't take another shot until seven seconds were left on, on in regulation. And and that gets back to what you're talking about. It became so predictable. They kept trying to post up Wiggins and they kept trying to Jeff Tig was trying to, you know, make it the Jeff Tig show and and all the while I'm watching and, and so my wife asked me about this. We were watching the game together, and and she, and she was, she was, she asked me, "Hey, are you rooting for a team here?" And I'm saying, "No, I, I just really want to watch one of the better young players and the better players, period, in the NBA go to work." And he wasn't able to because his coach, for whatever reason, seemed to go away from him. His teammates seemed to go away from him, and he never really, he just kind of floated. He was okay with not getting the ball. Like I grew up watching Shaq. He would have, he would have broken some heads if that happened. I'm sympathetic to big men, and because I played, <laughs> I played big. I'm six six. I played inside in my old old playing days, my the glory days. But you know, when you're predictable like that with your offense for three quarters of of a game, it's going to work because the team's not going to go out of their way to like completely deny the ball unless you're absolutely killing them. Towns had 34 points, 30 entering the fourth quarter. Um, but in the fourth quarters, when you can you can say, okay, make somebody else beat us. And Andrew Wiggins, 20 field goal attempts. Towns, 19. Teague. Uh, 14, Crawford, three, uh, 13. After that, you didn't have guys that were playing in rhythm because the offense is so deliberate and so yeah. obvious that Bielitsa gets five shots, Jane gets four shots, Tyus Jones gets two. <laughs> like these are guys that are playing significant minutes and they're just uh, spectators in your offense. And then in the fourth quarter, you expect them to step up and make knockdown shots. I, I, I just absolutely hate that uh, that that style of play. And and on top, you you factor in on top of that that. I talk about this game was predictable. It was predictable on how their success in the first half was not going to translate unless something changed in the second half. Uh, nothing changed, so it was very predictable they'd get blown out in the fourth. But also playing your guys, 38 minutes for Wiggins, 41 minutes for Towns, Teague 36 minutes. And those they are hard minutes, too. Hard minutes, and they yeah. fly to Utah tonight for a back-to-back in Utah at altitude. Uh, to me, it was just such a losing game plan from the start, and, and it played out just very, very predictably. Yeah, let's go ahead and enlighten things up a little bit. We both had a point to make about shot selection, but I thought, I mean, unless you disagree, but I thought I thought shot selection was kind of whatever on both sides and and we can move on though. ATOs for the for Minnesota, there were it was laughable down 10 how many isolation mid-range <laughs> it was crazy. plays they ran for Wiggins. <laughs> it was unbelievable. I was watching it and I'm just thinking what the heck is going on? All right. Uh that is not what I found the funniest thing to happen last night across the NBA. My funniest thing to happen across the NBA. Josh Hart uh, broke his hand and was sending out some some positive vibes to the Lakers. Unfortunately, he didn't use a comma. And so he says to his teammates, let's eat my dogs. And... <laughs> <laughs> 
I missed this. Oh, this is great, though. Now, Let's eat my dogs. <laughs> now, fortunately, he spelt dogs D-A-W-G-S, which saved him completely. But, but <laughs> Josh, man, you were in college for long enough to, to understand how to use commas. That was my Let's eat my moment. dogs. I do like that one. Yours is definitely yours is definitely better than mine and, and funnier than anything I had. Um my, I had two light ones. One, the first one was that they called it an one finally for CJ, who ran into Jang, and they originally called a charge, despite the fact that Jang was standing almost directly under the basket and didn't fall over <laughs> and didn't even look like he wanted a foul. Uh, fortunately, they changed it. But my funniest moment is actually any time Tibbs gets interviewed at the end of a quarter, <laughs> because that guy, he, he and, and this is kind of cruel, but... It it sounds like he's drank from the fountain of aging, like the yeah. opposite of the fountain of youth. Like he just sounds. How old is he? Fifty? I don't even know. I if you told me he was 75. eighty, I would believe it. Mm-hmm. But um, he just uh, <laughs> he he sounds like my great grandpa, and it, it can't be healthy. Levitard <laughs> Levitard listeners out there is going to know this game, but they played this game like what he looks like kind of thing. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he said that Tom Thibodeau looks like. The, the guy from the, the cholesterol commercials who's always, like, yanking, <laughs> yanking yeah. at, his, at his collar because he ate He looks so pasta. stressed. Yeah. He looks incredibly stressed. <laughs> All right, and so, they were up, like, a bunch of points at the first quarter. I don't know what he was stressed about. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Tibbs. Lighten up. Um, All right, so we are going to take a quick break. On the other half of this, we are going to talk about the injuries that have kind of plagued this season. The NBA thrives on superstardom. We're going to talk about how it's affected how the NBA has been played out this season here in a second. So the way we're going to do this, there are, if you were to go through the list, and Adam, you actually did list all the guys who, who went through injuries, and, and, and there are some names on there. Like the, the injury list might challenge the all-NBA list. It's true. There's some great guys that have missed a lot of time. And, and so what we're going to do is we're going to first rank the, the first few injuries that legitimately affected or impacted this season, how it might play out, seeding playoffs, all that stuff. And then in the second segment of this conversation, we are going to talk about other injuries that we wanted to, to, to mention, our honorable mentions uh, of guys that, that we just wanted to watch play basketball this year and we haven't been able to. So who is your first, who's the, what's the first name on your list, Adam, of, of injuries that legitimately impacted this year? This was tough to because I put them in order and mm-hmm. I thought there's like tiers, um, but it was hard to say who was the most, uh, you know, had the biggest impact their absence. But I went with Gordon Hayward for a couple different reasons. For one, it was completely unexpected. It wasn't like, oh, coming in, he had an injury or he misses a lot of games all the time. It was completely unexpected. It happened in such grotesque fashion mm. and it happened in a soul crushing moment of night number one, yeah. like five minutes into the season. Um so so I think those were the bad things. The positives, you could look at it. So he misses all 82 games. The Celtics were hyped to be, you know, compete for the one seed, maybe make the finals. The only good thing you could say that comes of it was it opened up an opportunity for Jason Tatum, who's really thrived this year. And mm-hmm. I think long term, you could say that the Celtics are going to be better off having given him this, uh, you know, Tatum given this experience. But the fact that they lost Gordon Hayward in such grotesque fashion, and who knows if he comes back 100 percent, if it takes a full season to rehab for me. 
that was the number one. All of the hype and what it meant to that team, uh, that was the number one worst injury. That was, I was touting him as a potential MVP candidate for um, cough reasons, <laughs> basically. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I mean, you, do you think though? I want to ask you this: Do you think Boston, if he was healthy, would be able to challenge Cleveland legitimately and, and get into the finals? Well, I do because I don't think Cleveland is all that great. And I know they have LeBron. I know playoff LeBron and playoff Cavs is completely different. Um, But, you know, this is an incredibly well-coached team. And they just have – what they've done with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward – the, that's guys that you can play at the same time. Yep. They're they're just you know in small ball lineups that are just incredibly versatile. So uh, I do think that they would have been even better at the end of the year. They probably would have had the same record or similar records, maybe slightly better, just because of how well they've overachieved in his absence. But um, nonetheless, I think they would have been playoff ready to make a real run at the finals and just been a force. Yep. Uh, my next injury just happened fairly recently, and it's of the team that we just covered tonight. It's Jimmy Butler, and and now I don't think that the Wolves had the same ceiling as, say, the Celtics did, but you're, you're talking about a franchise that hasn't made the playoffs in 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 over what this is year fourteen, yeah, and and <laughs> you know you have a city that's waiting for that. They you have a city coming off of you know what they were well not this close because Philly blew the the Vikings out of it, but they were this close to potentially having. A Super Bowl at home. They think they're getting ready for a playoff berth, and and they think that they're going to be a, a legitimate title contender in those playoffs. Yeah. And then on, he just happened to step wrong, right? He just like pivoted, and his knee went out. It wasn't even yeah. like a. It, it looks so much worse. I'm surprised he's only out for four to six weeks. Well, I think he's a tough sob. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, that that to me, uh, one because I really enjoyed watching his game. He really to me took a step forward from a leadership standpoint this year. With he mm-hmm. has he's surrounded by Andrew Wiggins, who's fairly young. Carl Anthony Towns is fairly young. Uh, Tyus Jones is fairly young. And and I thought he was ready to kind of lift that team up, and and it's not necessarily going to happen. It's kind of a bummer. Butler but, was down on my list a little bit, yeah. in part because he went out in Game 62, and there's a chance he'll be back for the playoffs. I still think that Minnesota makes the playoffs. They were they're they're far enough ahead, even even with tonight's loss, that I think they'll be in the mix for it. Um, but he was the backbone of that team. He was number four. He has a plus fourteen point eight on off split, meaning that the team was almost fifteen points better with him on the court than him off, which is absolutely insane. But let me ask you this: when you compare him to Hayward, if I told you the night before Game One of the season that Gordon Hayward gets injured, you would have probably been surprised. If I told you that Jimmy Butler leads the league in minutes per game and gets gets injured in games <laughs> around game 60 with a non-contact injury you probably wouldn't have been horribly surprised and it's sad to say but with Tibbs guys uh, you just always almost expect them to be some kind of wear and tear throughout the season it's it's tough like Minnesota fans who are listening to this right now are going to be up in arms because it happened right after the all-star break and this and that and the other but but you're right though I mean he he has a history with this at this point <laughs> Tibbs, <All right. laughs> Tibbs guys don't age <laughs> and and so so yeah that's 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 definitely something to take into account what's your what's your next guy on the on the list my next guy who was actually number two I had Butler number five mm-hmm. number two on my list is Andre Roberson and this might sound like a hot take he is not the best player on this list he's far down the line of best yeah. players uh, Fred Katz who covers uh, the Oklahoma City thought it really really well 
for the Norman transcript had a great stat. W- w- before Rob Roberson got hurt, when he was on the court, they had a, the Thunder had a 96.4 defensive rating. Um, when he was off the court, they had a 108.3 defensive rating. Obviously, defensive rating, the lower the better. That's what you hold opponents to. Since he's got hurt, they've had that same number, 108.3 as a team. So those numbers have bore out. When he's not on the court, this team defends at a not that great a level. But more important than any of that, Two things. Oklahoma City had the third best five-man lineup in the NBA of all teams to play at least 300 minutes. It was you know, uh, Westbrook, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, uh, Steven Adams, and Andre Roberson. That was a dynamite lineup, five-man lineup. That was a plus 14.2 and an enormous sample size. You knew that going into a playoff series, whatever weaknesses this team had structurally, guys that played hero ball, you knew that you had a five. You could roll out there that matched up with every team, including the Warriors. Would I pick them to win? No, of course not. But I would give them a puncher's chance against anybody in, in one series. I don't think they could beat the Rockets, the Warriors, and the Cavs, like all three of those teams. But in any given series, I would say, yeah, they have a puncher's chance. I don't feel that way anymore, and that's why, to me, he's the number two. Yeah, I would agree. This team had a, a ceiling that was up there with the Celtics in the same way that like maybe the Celtics could challenge the Cavs and maybe this team could challenge the Warriors. That's not necessarily the case anymore. All right, so what we're going to do next, we're going to we're going to slide down a tier and we're going to talk about guys who who may have been able to impact their their season's team or their team seasons uh just just not quite the same class as the last few guys that we've mentioned here in a second. All right, so I'll lead this one. And the first name on my list on on this tear, and and so this is important. This is kind of funny. Adam and I tend to think the same way. Uh, Robertson was was second on my list. Hayward was third on my list. Jimmy was further down your list. But there is that overlap, and I think there is. It's no coincidence that Robertson and Hayward were were there on each other's list. The next guy on mine though was Kawhi Leonard, and yes, he wasn't. He was. Everybody anticipated him not making it. You know, being ready for the season and. There has been this really weird dynamic that's been going on with him and the Spurs that is like the antithesis of what we're, we've come to get used to with the Spurs. But he is still a top five player. You know, he's anywhere in that five to yeah. seven range. And the Spurs, as they as they currently sit, uh, are, are they're in the three seed even without him, right? And th- and this is why he's actually not in my top five. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's kind of a semantic thing is, one, you know, the Spurs – still in the fight for the three seed. If he was healthy, you know, relatively healthy, given what we knew about his injury, so came back maybe 30 games into the season, then I still think they would have been the third seed. They weren't going to catch Houston or Golden State. So they are kind of where they would have been anyway. And I'm not sure that they really would have challenged Houston or Golden State in a playoff Mm. series. So for me, and and on top of that, you factor in the fact that we knew he was injured. We knew it was going to be a while. So for me, as much as I agree he's a top five player in the NBA and his absence is as big as anyone's, it was a little bit more expected. And I think in terms of seeding, it had a little bit less of an impact. My, I don't necessarily agree that I don't think this, like the Spurs had, I think they had like a 22 point lead when he went down last year in the playoffs against the Warriors in game one in that series, right? And, right. Yeah. And, and now I don't think, I don't think that, you know, they, I would still favor the Warriors over just about anybody over the course of <laughs> NBA history, period. But you're still talking about a three seed that is missing a top five player. That's tough to, to overlook. Um, 
I, and they would have had a puncher's though, chance with Kawhi. They would have had a puncher's chance against all those. Maybe even better than a puncher's chance. I mean, we know that they play Houston really, really tough. There's a lot of history there with Pop and D'Antoni and those two teams. So you're right about that, and that's kind of been robbed of us, I believe. I don't think Kawhi is going to get back into form in time. Fun fact: If you actually go to Greg Popovich's office uh, on his wall, he has the <laughs> deed to Mike D'Antoni. It's it's actually it's a really cool yeah. thing. I've seen I've seen <laughs> pictures. Um, all right, what's the next name on your list? So this is still in tier one for me, although it'd be at the bottom of tier one, and I'm a homer for this, but it's Paul Millsap. And here mm. are the reasons why. He missed, first of all, 44 games, um, and now coming back, he's he's back, but he's going to take several weeks to of, of not playing consistent minutes. He was the biggest free agent signing maybe in Nuggets history. And I know this sounds crazy because Paul Millsap's not exactly a name that rings out but as much as he's a great player. But this, but this was Nuggets. such a big moment for the Nuggets to actually persuade somebody of their own free will to come to Denver and join a team. <laughs> and so certainly over the last 30 years, just to give you a, a reference, I think currently the best free agent in the last 30 years is Kenyon Martin. So whether you think Millsap or Kenyon Martin is better is up for debate. Um, he missed 44 games. The Jokic-Millsap combo when it played through the first 14 was a plus 8.3. Really, really good two-way lineup. Jokic alone is a plus 3.4. With neither on, on the court, the Nuggets are getting killed. And unfortunately, I, I think if Millsap was healthy for 44 games, if, if they just play opponents even over that stretch, I think Denver has like six or seven, maybe, maybe four or five more wins at this point. So losing him was both an emotional hit, but also a, a, uh, a wins and losses hit. Here's my counter to that. There's a chance that that Mike Malone brings Jokic <laughs> off the bench to be able to play to be able to play Plumlee and Millsap together to start these games. It's a joke, but it's actually kind of funny. It definitely, <laughs> I definitely don't know that the Nuggets would have found their offensive identity again, which somehow they lost. They were the number one offense for four months to end the, the season last year for four months, which is like two-thirds of the season. They lost that at the start of the season for inexplicable reasons. Maybe they never find that if Paul Millsap was still around. But nonetheless, I just think the team has gone through so many ups and downs this season, and I think they would have been an easy four or five seed this year, easily in the playoffs and and growing towards something, whereas instead it feels like there's a bunch of leaps and starts with them where they have to reintegrate so-and-so or reintegrate Paul Millsap now, and there's just so many question marks. They might not even make the playoffs. I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if they don't make the playoffs. I I, I watched New Orleans the other night, and I don't believe in that team. I, I So... I want to really quickly just rip off a few of the names. You did put together a list here just to give everybody listening full context. And if you have a li- if you have a name there that you want to get into further, we can. But just just rip off some of these names here because it is pretty incredible the, the amount of talent that we haven't been able to watch this year. I think there's two more real quick that belong in a category above everyone else. And the, the first one is Rudy Gobert. He's the Utah Jazz's best player, and he Isn't just missed. He always so- kind of hurt, like, and that, and that's why he's at the bottom of this yeah. list because the, the expected, you know, he's played eighty-one and eighty-two games, but then outside of that, he's played sixty or fewer, or sixty-one or fewer. So there's a little bit of expectedness there, but when he's healthy, they're very, very, very good. I think Utah was another team that maybe you pencil in if he was healthy all year. The other name on my list is, of course, Demarcus Cousins. I think some of the on-off stuff is a little bit you know funny with him and and we've seen it we're seeing new orleans playing some of their best ball of the year thanks to anthony davis's heroics i don't think that would have lasted for 82 games and on top of that in a playoff series demarcus cousins and anthony davis just create mismatches that no other team can and and it would have been more interesting had both of those guys been healthy in a playoff series even if the regular season success would have made him a seven or eight seed do you think just while we're on the topic of boogie 
before we, we get to some of the other names. Do you think another team, like, do you think Dallas still maxes out Boogie? Do you think New Orleans still maxes out Boogie? What do you mean? Well, because he's a free agent this year. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I really am not the right guy to ask about that. Try, <laughs> like, like, no, I mean this seriously about asking about like contracts and things like that. I really couldn't guess what, what he's going to get. That injury has really changed the careers of a lot of big men. You know, we've seen some smaller players come back from it and come back strong. But when you're carrying that much weight, it just seems like one of those injuries that you can never be too sure about. Yep. All right. So what are the other names in the final tier that you got? These are in no order because I think they're all different. But Mike Conley, um, Memphis at least had a shot at making the playoffs if he stays healthy all year. Not a great shot. You could even argue they're better off now because if you're a fan of Memphis, they might have the number one overall pick this year, and and maybe that's more exciting than getting blown out by the Rockets. Uh, Patrick Beverly, I think, is an underrated one. Mm -hmm. He's uh, That Clippers team was such a motley crew, and he's like the, the perfect motley crew point guard, I think. He's like... He's he's not a star, but he's not a scrub either, and he, I think he would have fit. Especially in as it, as they're currently constituted post Blake Griffin. Like yes, I don't think there right. is I don't right. think there is another player in the NBA who has an fu attitude beyond Patrick Beverly. So the trade away Blake Griffin, and I can guarantee you, Patrick Beverly is in everybody's ears. Like, no, we aren't going to miss him. No, we aren't going to miss Chris Paul. <laughs> and, and I right. actually think he he really helps in that respect. Uh, any it, any other names here? Uh, Chris Tapps Porzingis, who yeah. he, the one thing about the Knicks is they're not, they're along with the Lakers, that team that's not anywhere close to tanking. Like, there's no point in them tanking. They're not going to catch all those teams that are tied for, you know, those awful records, but they're also not going to make the playoffs. And if Porzingis stayed healthy, they'd probably be in the same spot that they are in now, plus or minus a game or two. So, the, but more important, and let me ask you this does his injury. And just it, it seems like guys that are exceptionally athletic and exceptionally tall have injury problems. Does his injury now change the way you look at his upside as a player or just his likeliness of reaching his upside? I guess to a certain extent, you always have to be kind of cognizant of it at this point, right? I, I just right. I worry about guys that are that tall that rely on 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 lateral movement the way that he does. Yeah. Because you Remember when remember when SUVs first came out like whatever 15 years ago and they kept tipping over <laughs> wait, wait wait SUVs just came out 15 well, like, years well, ago whatever it was like 20 years ago whenever it was like I, I had the... a Jeep Wagoneer with like wooden walls back in the 80s <laughs> I forgot I'm posting this show with my dad <laughs> But what I remember though is that like when 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 SUVs when I was a kid when I was getting ready to drive <laughs> <laughs> they kept on having these studies of how these SUVs kept tipping over. If you tried to like, they, right. were just, they were always tipping over, and and that like the analogy is kind of harsh, I guess. But that's kind of how I feel like when I watch Chris Tapp's play. Is that I don't think somebody that tall should be moving the way that he hopes to be able to move. He's like a Jeep Grand Cherokee that's been lifted like several inches yeah. and has those big tires and stuff. And it's awesome. Like if you're off-road, it's awesome. But if you're just going to the grocery store, you got to go real slow around the corners. <laughs> exactly. Or else you're going to spill all the milk all over the highway. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. It's a great metaphor. Um, Markel Fultz is the other guy I had. And, you know, rookies suck. It's just rookie point guards are always slow. I don't Except know that he would have really – Except for Lonzo. No, but I think Fultz would not have had like a great year even if he was 100% healthy. Um, But nonetheless, and and this redshirt year could end up being a good thing for him in the long run. But nonetheless, 
Um, it, it's a little bit weird for the Philly. I feel like this is the first year of the Philly era since mm-hmm. Simmons and Embiid are both playing the majority of it. Um, and it's weird to have Fultz not there and know that he's coming next season. It, it, it's a little bit weird there. But again, not that impactful, I don't think. He, it's, I, I, am, I am a victim of hyperbole, but this is the weirdest <laughs> Story that was I, the truest statement you've ever said yeah, in your life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anthony Irwin and hyperbole. <laughs> but this is the weirdest story I think I have ever seen. This guy, so he supposedly tries to relearn how to shoot a basketball, even though he was already a pretty good shooter, and somehow relearning how to shoot a basketball kind of sort of maybe hurt him, and now he might not be able to come back, and it might be the yips, and it might be all these certain these various things. I ah, man, I real I'm pulling for him because I, I really liked him coming out of Washington, but I just don't know how a basketball player gets over this level of of what seems to be the yips. That's the weirdest story you've ever heard in your life. Well, no, basketball like in the <laughs> NBA. <laughs> I mean, that's like kind of strange, but I don't think it's the weirdest story I've ever heard. In 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 terms of a player missing a season because of the yips, that doesn't like that doesn't like. <laughs> I think this, I, there's a lot of stuff. Are we sure it's just the the yips? I mean, there's a shoulder injury that, that there as well, and yeah. I mean, I think a lot of things have played into it. Um, yeah. And on top of that, he's he's you know he's a he's a kid. As much as a, he's an adult, a grown man, he's 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 very newly at a grown adult man. So I, I'll, I'll give him till next year to to kind of see if 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 he has if he has the same thing next year, then we can go ahead and say it's the yips. This might be a top. Well, this is gonna have to be a topic for another day. But I do really think we would we would really hardly can you know seriously consider a redshirt season for some of these rookies, especially the one and done guys, and eventually the guys who come straight out of high school. Um, all right, that'll do it for this episode of Friday's Locked On NBA. Uh, I am Anthony Irwin. I host Locked On Lakers. That is Adam Morris. He hosts Locked On Nuggets. He also is the EIC of Denver Stiffs. I am the EIC of Lakers Outsiders. You can find me on Twitter at Anthony Irwin LA. You can find Adam on Twitter at Adam underscore Morris. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in last week. And and thanks for all the feedback. If you guys have questions or comments or anything, if you if you like the way we're doing this, leave a five-star review on iTunes. Leave a comment there, and and I'll try to. This is how I how I get the comments from from show people on my show. Uh, I will I will go through those iTunes comments and see what I can find if there are any nuggets that maybe Adam and I can talk about. But other than that, have a great weekend, everybody. <laughs>